I mentioned to you we'd go back to back at the top of hour number two, and that's exactly what we're going to do. Phone lines are open, or if you're on hold, you want to stay there. We'll roll some phone calls a little bit later on. But as promised, we're joined right now by a senior NFL writer for The Athletic, co-host of the Football GM Podcast. He is a Pro Football Hall of Fame selector, Professional Football Writers of America board member, co-author of the recently released book, The Football 100, The Story of the Greatest Players in the NFL. I'm talking about Mike Sando. Mike, good to have you back. How are you? Good to be here, Jim. Thanks. Thank you, Mike. All right, so starting with the Cowboys, Mike, they implode in the postseason. It's a January tradition of sorts, but... They sunk to a new low, right? They got curb-stomped at home by the Packers, allowing the most points in a playoff game in franchise history. Bottom line, Mike, and I know it's pretty layered, but where do you think Jerry Jones goes from here after that debacle? Yeah. I mean, Dak Prescott's development under Mike McCarthy has been great. You should want to contain, you continue that. However, I do believe that there are final scores and individual game results that make it hard to go forward, right, as a group. So... I've heard the Belichick rumors. I don't buy it as a good fit. I mean, why would Bill want to do that and go there and have Jerry giving press conferences every week? Um, you know, I thought if McCarthy was out, it might be Quinn. But how do you be excited about that after what happened on defense? So I really don't know where he can turn right now. Um, after that, I think he's the common thread through all of this. You know, they're... They've lost a lot of playoff games, whether it was Bill Parcells, Wade Phillips. I think Jerry's culture is difficult for the coaches. I don't know if he's got a fix. I think it's him. Yeah, I absolutely agree with what you just said. I do think it's him. And you wonder, Mike, is there any way at all that he could possibly change? Is there any way at all that he might give? Like, to your point, and Jane Slater came on right before you and she made a similar point, like, how would Bill Belichick handle Jerry and his press conferences and Jerry and his radio hits? And, hey, you're right, that wouldn't work. Is there any way the two of those guys can meet halfway? Could you see that marriage working on any level? Yeah, I mean, I think Bill Parcells was there. It's probably the closest comp to Belichick, right? And they had some uh, moderate success there. But in the end, Bill wasn't going to do it uh, for that long. It's hard to do. You know, I wrote about my column today at The Athletic. uh, You know, these owners, they're all different in terms of what they enjoy about owning the team. And Jerry couldn't stand it when Jimmy Johnson was getting the credit. He has to be front and center. And so... You know, how do you give that up once you've had that, right? It's really hard to do. And he hated it. Shoot, they had the best thing going in football, and he couldn't stand it. He said he said 500 coaches could win with this team. He insulted Jimmy. He wanted the glory, and he's had it for 20, 30 years. How do you give that up when you don't have to? You're not accountable to anyone. Yeah, no, you're not. You're not. It's his team. But then how do you explain to your fans that that's more important than winning the whole thing? Because effectively, that's what it is. But here's how you do it. You fire coaches and blame people. Oh, Dak's not clutching the playoffs. Oh, McCarthy, this and that. That's the first thing I noticed last night is when this game happens, everyone's making fun of Dak and they're making fun of McCarthy. And I get, look, the players are accountable, too, for what happens in any one game. But it's the same stuff you could have been saying about Romo or Wade Phillips or Jason Garrett. It's all the same. The the characters change. Why isn't it going to to Jerry? That's where I put it right away. 
Mike Sando, uh, right. You know? I'm sorry, no, finish, finish that thought, Mike. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah. Okay, Mike Sando joining us. I was going to say, I mean, we could talk Cowboys for all three hours. I'm trying not to, but I could. In fact, they picked a really bad day to have a really bad day, but Jordan Love was incredible. That's a young team playing not only with house money, Mike, but also with a ton of confidence. How much of a chance do you give them on the road against the top seed San Francisco? I think it's going to be really tough. Kyle Shanahan with two weeks to really dissect Green Bay, uh, that's really tough. I think there's there's definitely a better team that's that's further ahead in their development. Uh but I do think the Packers were uh had a had good talent coming out of training camp and then we probably just underestimated the challenge of having so many young guys especially at receiver. The way they've grown out of that has validated some of the faith that was shown in their roster. They've had good pass rushers on that team and Jordan Love was just a little bit a little bit all over the place and inconsistent. He's a back foot thrower, kind of not always the best fundamentals, and I think he was a little erratic for a while. But now he's hitting those plays. He's got the confidence. I think you can't take away. You can't just blame it all on the Cowboys. It was an awesome performance. Uh, Aaron Rodgers lost his first playoff game, then won four in a row after that to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Jordan Love is ahead of schedule. Yeah, I thought the guy was unbelievable and has been for a number of weeks now. Mike Sando joining us. Mike, what about the Texans? They hammer the Browns. C.J. Stroud once again showed that he is a really special dude. But let me ask you this. How special? For instance, you can offer historical context because of the research you did for your book, The Football 100. Is there any comp historically for the kind of success that C.J. is having as a rookie quarterback? No, I couldn't find it. Now, Dak had a great rookie year and had good numbers in his uh, playoff game that year, but they lost. Uh, I think it was 34-31 on a last-second field goal to the to the Packers, coincidentally. But I couldn't find one. I, I went through and looked. At, you know, Dan Marino only started nine games his his first year and then lost in the first round of the playoffs as a big uh, you know home favorite. So Matt Ryan, some of these guys have had good seasons, but I don't think there's anything close to it. And then backed up with the big playoff win against the number one statistical defense in the league, you can't find it. I I looked. Mike Sando joining us. You know, you got a wild card weekend, Mike, filled with blowouts, and then the Lions and the Rams combined for that shootout last night at Ford Field that lived up to all the advanced hype. What were your biggest takeaways from Detroit's first playoff win in 32 years? Uh, One is when you instill confidence in players, it makes a big difference. I think we've seen – Pete Carroll with Geno Smith, or Mike McDaniel with Tua Tungavaloa, or now Dan Campbell with uh, Jared Goff. And then you back that up in Goff's case. They threw twice in the final three minutes and 24 seconds to put the game away. So he, Campbell backed up that faith. It doesn't mean Jared Goff is the best quarterback in the league or they're going to win it all. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying when you believe and show belief in talented people, sometimes you get the best out of them. That was my takeaway there. On the Rams side, um, what a great job by then this season, and and really Stafford almost feels like the last of the gunslingers, doesn't he? I mean, he just the the hits he was taking that was like old time football, but frustrating in the end. The timeout usage by Sean McVay. I put a little table into my column today showing the most timeouts burned with more than five minutes left uh, in a second half. And Jim, they're all the same coaches. It's Sean Payton. It's it's uh, John Gruden. It's Sean McVay. It's all the guys who want to get the perfect play. And with 13 minutes left in the third quarter, you burn that timeout on third and 11 because you just want to get that play right. Well, you need those late in the game to come so far with this team and overachieve and then lose kind of in the margins on the little stuff. 
frustrating. You know, Mike, it's, it's a really interesting point because the guys you mentioned, I would think to myself that these are not guys that I would be concerned about when it comes to time management. When I think about time management, I think about Mike McCarthy, but when you lay it out like that, it does make sense. Mike, before, because you mentioned Mike McDaniel in Miami, I want to get your thoughts on that. Like, I love the guy, and I think you're right. He's instilled so much confidence in Tua, but after back-to-back seasons of going one and done with road playoff losses, and you know all the other numbers and what they suggest about Miami when they run into good to better teams, something there is lacking. Something's not working. If we're up to you, what changes would you make? Well, we would all just add a tier one quarterback, right? Easier said than done. I think the issue they have in Miami is that the AFC is packed with cold weather teams that have Joe Burrow, that have Josh Allen, that have Pat Mahomes, that have Lamar Jackson, uh, and, and there's more. Uh, in, in that conference. So they really are in a situation where they have to get home field advantage in Miami to have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. And, you know, maybe they can run it back and have better uh, health on defense and, and get it, but it's going to be a tall order. You figure Buffalo's not going to be, you know, middling along most years. And so I think they probably, you know, they're going to have to probably as their starter next year, but I think they do have to be open to. Uh, what can we do? Is there any way we can draft somebody? Would we consider? Could we trade Tua and get Kirk Cousins with a couple picks? Is that a marginal upgrade? And then the picks help us get over the top. Really easy things to talk about in fantasy football. Hard to do with real people when you're trying to manage a team. So they're a little bit stuck with who they are. It's not bad, but it's not maybe as good as it needs to be. I think that's so well said. And that thing about Kirk Cousins is really interesting, right? Because of all the guys you mentioned, all those great tier one cold weather quarterbacks also add Justin Herbert in the sense that he's already been extended. Tua has not been extended. So we have to wait and see whether or not they extend him. One last thought, Mike, before you go, what about the Chiefs? So the defense Uh for Kansas City holds Miami to 264 yards. They had a dozen more first downs than Miami in that win. They had a regular season plagued by drop passes how important for instance is the emergence of rookie receiver Rasheed Rice for their hopes to repeat as Super Bowl champs how critical is that piece him it's huge and I was going back and looking at other great quarterbacks who maybe didn't have their best regular seasons and did they turn it on in the postseason and there were a handful of them but I kind of go back to the 2021 Chiefs they were not very good for about the first 13 14 weeks and then the last four or five weeks of regular season and playoffs, they, they sort of lit fire. Now, they had Tyreek Hill, so obviously a little bit of a different situation. But I just wonder, with a team like that that's been to the mountaintop, you know, you can't turn on a t- your TV during the game and not get the uh, Andy Reid commercials and, 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 and then obviously all the stuff going on with Travis Kelsey. I wonder if just now it's harder for this team to just really get up for everything and be your best all the time, right? It's kind of like a a great boxer who's sparring through the regular season. He sometimes needs that great champion to go against or the bigger stakes. I wonder if they're just stepping it up a little bit of a notch because that looked different. That looked a little better to me. I think it's a very encouraging sign. No, I agree. That did look different. That looked a lot more like, well, them. He's a senior NFL writer for The Athletic, co-host of the Football GM podcast, also co-author of the recently released book, The Football 100, The Story of the Greatest Players in the NFL, Mike Sando, my guest. Mike, really appreciate it. Great to have you back on. Great job. Thanks so much. Hey, thank you. Mike Sando joining us. All right, so we've hit a lot of NFL on the first half of the program. Good content, good insight. Now I'm going to open it up to you, except for the top of the hour, when I will open it up to the big head and I. 
We'll break down one more game. You've got two games today. We already broke down one of those games on Friday. We have not talked about Philly and Tampa Bay. What if Tampa Bay wins that game? You know all hell is going to break loose in Philly. And they'll have definite questions about their coach. Now, what's interesting is Mike Sando just said, I just don't see Bill Belichick and Jerry Jones working. That it's just not a good fit. It won't work because of the way Jerry is. How is Bill going to handle Jerry and his pressers? How is Bill going to handle Jerry and his radio appearances? What's there for Bill? I mean, wins, 